let's get these ponies on the racetrack. That is what Nerd Bomber just said to me in reference to us beginning to record this episode. Welcome to the latest Online Warriors episode. It's still January. There's still news to be discussed. And as always, I am Illegal86 and I am joined by Nerd Bomber, as I already mentioned. Hello, hello. Let's get these ponies going. The ponies are are off and running. Tactic, what pony are you placing your bet on? Bullseye. It's got to be Bullseye. Feels like a feels like a real horse name. Bullseye, like the horse from uh, from Toy Story two, and Toy Story three, and Toy Story four. Maybe that's where it clicked from. Probably, yeah. Let's go with that. That's what I was thinking of. My money is personally on uh, whimsical treasure. It's in lane four. But anyways, enough about ponies and and more about about nerd stuff because that's presumably why you showed up. Uh, we have a great slate of news today. Actually, there were a lot of topics potentially on the docket. We had to to pick and choose in the interest of time. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, that new Morbius trailer uh, starring Jared Leto. We're going to be talking about this NASA intern who apparently found a planet three days into his new job. And of course, we're going to be talking about the new trailer from Bethesda for Doom Eternal, which I believe is slated to drop later this year. So um, full slate, very excited. Let's dive right in to the Morbius trailer. Now, for those that don't know, uh, Morbius, uh, well, the Morbius trailer and the, the Morbius movie is designed to be very similar to Venom, from what I understand, in that it's going to be part of Sony's kind of newly fledged Spider-Man it's called like the Sony Marvel Universe or something. I actually looked this up earlier. Not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, obviously not to be confused with that. But um, Sony is creating this universe of characters like Venom. I believe Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio might get a movie. And of course, now we're talking about Morbius. So did you guys watch this trailer? I did watch the trailer. I do have to say my first impression. So I don't really like Jared Leto in general, at least not actor Jared Leto. Like I like 30 Seconds to Mars as a band, but once he got into acting, I find a lot of his roles to be a little bit too weird for me. And I especially did not like his take on Joker. That said, even though I don't typically like Jared Leto, I actually find this trailer super interesting. I think he could pull off that weird, dark and brooding vampire role really well. And overall, I think the story is pretty compelling. I know I did a little bit of background research into Morbius. I know Tectic has a lot more to say on that. But from what I've seen online, that they have done a decent job, at least from the trailer, in staying true to the comic story. Um, so overall, I'm kind of excited about this. I think, like I said, again, this is a different tone. If we go back to what we were saying about the New Mutants trailer, this just seems like a very different tone from a lot of the superhero movies that we've been seeing. And I know that the darker tone really didn't hit for a lot of the DC movies in the past, but I think that if you have interesting characters and I feel like they'll get at least some input from Marvel, even though they aren't directly associated with Marvel, I feel like having the in-association with Marvel factor that they had in the trailer i think that might help give them some better direction so they don't totally flop it i think it could be interesting it could be a fun kind of darker movie how about you tactic you know i I very much agree with you with respect to it seems that they stayed very true to the origin story of morbius very accomplished scientist blood disease wants to find a cure turns to a vampire right pretty uh straightforward as far as how to turn into a vampire in my opinion that's how everyone does it yeah obvi but the thing that i'm kind of excited to see is how they play out i guess we'll call it beast mode where he's a full-on vampire form we'll call it the vampire monster that was the one thing that i actually found 
that got me not excited about this. I, Which that's what you see at the very end, right? Yeah, while his monster form looked kind of parallel to what you see in the comic books, people like seeing attractive things, and that 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 mother looked ugly. I I'm sorry to say. So you you wanted it to be a less a, a more subdued version of the monster that you see in the comics because I, I did some background research too, and the picture that you see when you like go on the Wikipedia for Morbius is like pretty similar to what they seem to have put together i wanted it to look like a monster but i didn't want to look like Clayface. i guess we'll call it see here's the thing though like if you go back i think vampire movies are pretty popular i want to say in what like the 80s or something like that vampires got super in vogue kind of like how zombies were within the last decade or so well there was there was an american werewolf in london Mm -hmm. uh there was what else was there that's the only one i could think of like when did Dracula come out? I know there were like a bunch of Dracula video games and TV shows because I know. I also like, even... just realized I said American Werewolf from London. That's not vampire. Yeah, that's no, that's werewolf. a werewolf. I-, I wasn't sure. I've never seen that movie, so I was like, maybe there was a vampire in it. I don't know. I was I was just thinking werewolves because werewolves were. I mean, Teen Wolf, American Werewolf from London, werewolves were in vogue. Dracula, I believe, was in vogue, but I can't think of any. Spe- when did Blade come out? That was way later than that. Yeah. Uh, Blade was like the ni- 80s, I think, maybe 80s or I 90s. Think it was, I think it was 90s. the 90s. Yeah. yeah. And then as shortly after Blade, you had the Underworld series, which was both right. were- werewolves and vampires. Real exciting stuff. And combination, hybrids. I feel that, like there's Blade was enough- 1998, by the way. Sorry, continue. Well, I'm trying to think. There was even that movie. Why am I blanking on the name? But it was where it was a girl and she was like attracted to it wasn't a mermaid man, but it was like some weird aquatic creature. And everyone loved that movie. And he was super sketchy looking. So. So Interview with the Vampire was 1994. I remember that one was a big deal. There was a Dracula movie in 1992. I'm not seeing a whole lot. Nosferatu was 1979. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. The Lost Boys was 1987. So there were there were a few sprinkles. I mean, there's been a million vampire movies. I just googled vampire movies to like try and see, and there have been quite a few. I see, to, and to kind of draw again, you sounds like you're drawing on your experience with past vampire movies. I don't really. I kind of agree with you. I don't super agree with Jared Leto like as an actor. Like I, he was good in Dallas Buyers Club. Otherwise, I haven't really seen any of his stuff. I kind of just think he's a weird guy. But that, in conjunction with the pretty boy factor, make him a perfect vampire character in light of, like, the recent pretty vampire renaissance that really has been driven primarily by Twilight, right? So, like, when you see Jared Leto, especially given, I'm sure, what they're doing in the makeup department on this movie, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a far reach to see a vampire. Right. And, um, I, and I basically hope they did kind of similar what they did with Venom, where it's more him in his, like, human form and the the internal struggles between his bloodlust and right. wanting to, to be a normal person kind of balance. And it's always the mental demons that I guess movies that, that interest to me personally. So now nerd bomber said that you, you seem to know a lot about the background from, from what I gathered on the character, you know, obviously Michael Morbius, he's like you said, PhD with the blood disease. He tries to find a cure for himself and he eventually winds up, I don't know, turning to, eastern medicine or something the, the the trailer kind of suggests that he goes off the rails goes off to some place does some kind of ritual and uh essentially becomes a vampire now he starts out as a villain to spider-man in the comics but eventually kind of turns into this sort of anti-hero kind of thing almost not not quite like deadpool but like um almost like this venom. anti-hero exactly like almost venom. like yeah like, like venom who is kind of trying to 
balance his desire to do good with like you said the the bloodlust and and that's meant in the most literal sense of he literally wants to feast on human blood which i man i don't know how that's going to play in this movie outside of like the vampire stuff one of the things that i found interesting was all of the like weird easter eggs and ties to spider-man i don't know if you guys noticed these at all but i i don't know if i just have like a hawkeye but they were also all over the internet so i can't take credit for finding them all myself i wouldn't say you had a hawkeye more more of a vulture eye if i may but um so that i guess that'll take me to the first one obviously michael keaton appears at the end of the trailer and do you guys think that he'll be reprising his role as vulture like they don't outright say that he is vulture i don't think in the trailer but do you think it's just like a coincidental nod to the Spider-Man universe? But it feels weird because they also had the Spider-Man murderer poster at one point that's like behind right. him. And I mean, obviously that has to have ties from far from home. But at the same time, if you look really closely, it almost looks like the same Spider-Man pose and suit from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man or maybe yeah. even like the video game. It doesn't look like the Tom Holland Spider-Man. But the fact that they put murderer over it kind of lead, leads me to believe that there's a tie there. So do you think that they would bring Michael Keaton back in a different role or do you think they'll bring him back as Vulture? I'm going to start with the Michael Keaton side of it. I don't think they're going to bring him back from Vulture. I think they're still trying to figure out how they want to do the universes and they're just going to keep it simple for now. Um, I think that was more of a wink to DC's Batman because you have, you know, this guy who is a vampire quote Batman, right? And then you have Michael Keaton who played as Batman in the DC side of things. So I think it's more of a, a playful wink at that as opposed to him reprising the role of Vulture. But illegal, you were going to say something with respect to that. For well, it. yes. So first of all, somehow watching this trailer, I totally missed Michael Keaton. How did I miss that? Was it like at the very end or something? He even said, what's up, Doc? Like it wasn't like yeah, it he was walked like past. He had a, he had they a, drew attention to him in the trailer. I don't know how I missed that. I love the Michael Keaton Vulture. So if that is him, uh, it's super exciting. Uh, I did see the Spider-Man murderer thing. And I agree that that's... And if you look... I'm looking at the picture right now. That is Tobey Maguire, which is very confusing. It's very confusing because that wouldn't make... As much as I love Tobey Maguire, everyone... Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while knows that I'm I'm a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man stan. But that wouldn't make any any sense. My guess is they just threw a stock image back there in post and accidentally used the wrong one and they will fix it before the movie comes out. Um, I saw a theory that says that if you if so, if you look at the movies that uh, are being made in this Sony Marvel universe with you have Venom, of course, it's going to be Spider-Man is going to be involved at some point. Now you have Morbius. Apparently Vulture is still there. Um, I think it has to be Vulture. I don't think it's the it's the Batman thing. I think that would be too confusing. Um, And even Mysterio, who now might get his own movie. There are people that are saying that there's one character who actually ties all these characters together, and it's the Tinkerer. Now, Tactic, do you know anything about that? Because I'm already stretching the limits of my comic book knowledge. I am not Um, familiar with the Tinkerer, but these theories that you read, do you have more insight so the the tinkerer was actually in one of the mcu movies he was in spider-man homecoming which again uh that was where that was the movie that uh, vulture was in um and he's like kind of one of vulture's guys who like in 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 the homecoming version of the vulture's origin story he's kind of this salvage guy who like after the avengers thing happens they're picking up stuff in new york city and they start finding all this tech and they keep it for themselves and he winds up you know selling it on the black market and like making this suit for himself and the person who helps him do that is tinkerer 
um who i guess is this guy who just like makes a bunch of stuff for bad guys um i think you know i wish i had this theory the whole fan theory in front of me i think i saw it on reddit which reddit's the perfect place for this kind of thing but um again if you look at if you look at the characters that are in line for movies in this uh quote-unquote universe and you look at their connections and their ties the tinker often comes up as like having made something at some point for all of these people and there are, there are people who also think that like we're, we're even starting to see like eventually there will be a sinister six i think that's eventually sony's plan they kind of laid that plan out with amazing spider-man 2 and then that franchise kind of burned out so do you think sony's doing what basically the inverse mcu they're did? laying i yeah i so i think what they might be doing is they might be laying groundwork by making movies about individual villains and anti-heroes and then eventually they will bring them all together to fight spider-man which, I don't which honestly is pretty it's a pretty good idea i think it's a pretty good idea to i like i would like to th- I, I hope that what happened is someone in a boardroom at sony was like okay mcu is doing great we have to be different than the mcu though how about we do like you just said an inverse mcu where instead of focusing on all the heroes we focus on all the villains and voila well i i've always found the villains so compelling i mean i think we talked about this back when suicide squad came out but i think that movie had a lot of potential and kind of fell flat and i I don't know if that was due to the writing or the directing or just like the creative direction i obviously think the joker was a huge miss on that point but that was such a huge opportunity to delve into villain backstories and i think that's why movies like the joker also do so well i think people like these flawed characters i mean they're not someone that you want to root for but it's just like an interesting story to watch because they're not perfect and they obviously have fatal flaws and i always find it interesting when a good story can show you that these are people that aren't necessarily a hundred percent evil i like seeing that twist on villains where they're not a hundred percent evil and you kind of do want to root for them even though they're bad guys so like you don't want them to succeed in their evil doings but you just want to see like how they got to where they are like what led to their mental breakdown and destruction and so i think i think it's a good idea i don't know i like it so that go ahead so that said you guys all know what my favorite game of 2019 2018 was and that's the spider-man game on the playstation 4 I would love to see a Dr. Octopus backstory because that game made me truly, truly feel for him. So Sony, if you're listening, go ahead and do that, please. The the sympathetic villain is, uh, honestly, it's something, and by by sympathetic villain, what I mean is a villain that the audience can connect to and relate to. That's something that if there's one place that the MCU has room to grow in, it's that. So if Sony were to come in and take advantage of that kind of hole in what Marvel's done, that would be really cool uh, to, to speak to your point about joker uh joker obviously it's a great movie we could talk about how many oscar nominations i think it's leading the oscar nominations this year uh i'm not sure that it's a comic book movie uh, i'm not sure i would call it that i would more call it a movie just about like the state of like mental health care like in the world i don't know right um, i wouldn't necessarily call it a comic book movie but it definitely is a villain story and like oh, even sure, if, yeah. if you don't even think about the scope of comic book movies there are so many good cinematic experiences that just focus on a villain and some of those are the best movies that i've seen because it's just interesting to see like what the mindset of these people are well or you know or even and, and yeah the to the villain point too and you, you mentioned that they really screwed up suicide squad i couldn't agree more because batman has like probably the best rogues gallery in comics right so how, how do you mess that up but I mean, even a character like Deadpool, who has been shown to be 
super, super successful. He's still a hero, sure, but a lot of people call him an anti-hero. He's got this edge to him. Um, it's not quite the villain route, but it's it's closer to it, and clearly it works. So, like, I think it's interesting, you know, to kind of go back to, to Morbius, which is where we started this conversation. Like, it would be cool um, for a movie like this where, where you have this uh, protagonist who has a dark side to, to really work out. And, you know, I think Venom venom worked i think um i think it was like it critically panned but yeah, it, it made a lot of money it was yeah it was a commercial success without a doubt um i watched venom i was very lukewarm on it i think there were parts of it that were great i, I like tom hardy um i just think there were certain elements of it that were weird it felt like it didn't have a place in the existing comic book movie uh I don't know, set up that at the time it came out, you know, Marvel was obviously reaching a high point and this was kind of trying to be a standalone movie, kind of trying to not. So it was just, I, I felt like it had a foot in each camp. So it would be cool to see Sony really establish something, but to do that, you have to lay groundwork with movies like Morbius that establish a character who potentially could return for many more movies. Um, but you have to start kind of, kind of on the small side. So uh yeah morbius looks pretty cool uh unless he goes full beast mode in which case he looks super ugly it is coming out july 31st of this year so i'm sure we'll see at least one more trailer before that happens but get hyped yeah uh jared leto of course was in it matt smith tyrese gibson jared harris who i'm a big fan of from the sherlock holmes movies should be a pretty good movie one to watch out for for sure let's move away from trailers for a second because we're going to be going back to trailers later in the show um and let's talk about this kid you've been hearing about from nasa so what happened this past week uh actually i think it was this past weekend i first heard about this uh a high school student named wolf kukier hopefully i'm pronouncing that right i c-u-k-i-e-r pronounce it however you want a high school student joined nasa's goddard space flight center in greenbelt maryland for a summer internship and uh three days into the internship he found an earth-sized planet orbiting two stars so uh, i can go more into the details of this but first of all this is one of those stories that you hear that you're like what am i doing with my life like i heard this and i was like this kid is finding planets i've been you know slogging away in a phd for years and years i haven't where's my planet i haven't found a planet yet yeah i mean you gotta hope that they're going to name this planet after him in some capacity and i mean this kid obviously he's definitely off to a bright future no pun intended but look at it this kid is still in high school and he was three days into an internship with nasa and discovered a freaking planet when i was his age i think i was working in a grocery store and i think i did have a high school internship it was very short and it entailed stuffing envelopes so it was like super intelligent endeavor for a local politician and let me tell you you definitely want to use the spongy thing to seal the envelopes that was my major discovery in in my high school internship because you will paper cut your tongue and that's no fun for anyone when you were sealing envelopes did you happen to run across any planets i did not literally the little spongy wet thing that was kind of gross to begin with like that was my major discovery which is kind of pathetic looking back on it so this planet is called toi 1338b uh and scientists have determined it was the first circumbinary planet discovered by their satellite uh as i mentioned a world which orbits two stars that sounds Kukier a lot ha- like tattooing in star wars huh in a sense yes um this kid has co-authored a paper on the discovery with scientists from the center as well as san diego university the university of chicago and elsewhere the planet itself is about 6.9 times bigger than the earth uh 
and it's located about 1300 light years away so essentially he found this planet just using his eyeballs when there there are algorithms that are that are in place that are designed to kind of pick up on these things and, and find planets and um the yeah, other algorithms apparently missed stuff and he found something right away so i don't know if you if you chalk this up to luck or if you chalk it up to him looking in the right place i don't know to what extent he was told look at this and see if you see anything or if he got there himself so i'm a bit of a pessimist and i have a theory um you think it's a hoax no but yes and let me explain why <laughs> So, okay. so you're trolling the internet and you see article that says NASA discovers new planet. Do you click it or do you keep scrolling? Now, oh, I now see. parallel, you see an article that says high school intern discovers new planet on third day. Well, it worked on me. It, Which, it, it, this is a conspiracy theory and you're saying it's a publicity stunt. And then that said, there's a there's a paper already with that's a co-author. So... In my opinion, these scientists found it and they said, hey, why don't you shadow them to do this and you can be on the paper too. And then that snowballed into all by himself, high school student discovers planet. Honestly, so uh, hmm. this is one of the more compelling conspiracy theories that you've leveled on this show. I will say that much. <laughs> um, I don't, the thing that, the thing that gets me is giving him co-authorship on the paper because in like 50 years or like a hundred years someone's going to go back and it's going to be like reading through these papers and being like i wonder what this kid like oh look at this kid like i don't think they would put his name on something I and mean, that's like academic fraud to an extent right no he, I mean, I, he did work i think in in terms of academia i know we, we were all a part of academia at one point or another but as long as you contributed something to the paper you can technically put your name on it so i wouldn't be that surprised if maybe he didn't discover it all by himself but maybe they were like hey look in this general area and this is what you want to look for we don't know if there's anything there because the i think the article that i read about it said that whatever computer algorithms they had in place could not easily detect this type of planet because it had the two suns and I believe then they said that it was pretty much just easier for the human eye to detect it. So they probably had like a general sense of where they wanted him to look or what they wanted him to look for. And then just he maybe put in the legwork to actually find the thing. I don't know if I would take away his accomplishment completely, but to say that he completely did it by himself, it is a little bit far-fetched, but who knows? Maybe this kid is a genius. I don't know. But now yeah, I mean, NASA's he, he, got all this publicity, more kids probably have more interest in nasa because they can discover their own planet i'm just the, there's so many pros for this story to just conveniently happen and not benefit nasa how does it benefit nasa though how does it benefit nasa outside so you mentioned like academic outreach i suppose that's the way it benefits them but like how does nasa benefit from me reading this this article on time magazine about this high school student a workforce on the planet or do kids grow up now saying i want to be an astronaut at the same frequencies back when you know we were landing on the moon there's well, there's there's interest there i'm yeah you're not wrong that that's i think that's a hyperbolic example but i you know i i could like i said i could believe this conspiracy theory i also could believe that this kid is like the next einstein you know anything's possible maybe still, he just really went and was like i'm gonna find something today and he found it with his own sweat blood and tears i have my foot firmly planted in both worlds i think my like meet in the middle scenario is probably what happened because i'm sorry three days in the job you probably don't even know how to use the equipment that they're giving you so he obviously had some guidance 
but I think that he probably did put in the legwork and noticed it himself, which is a very valiant effort for a high school student three days into an internship. I mean, when I was in high school, I could barely tie my shoes. So, so, but, and, and like, yeah, I'm using myself as a reference point of like internships that I had, like even when I was like in college, I could have never found a, a planet on day three. I can even barely. If they, even if they put it right in front of me. Right know? now, as an educated person, I have a telescope and I can barely focus in on Mars. We tried over the summer. We found it's like hard. the moon. I think we found Jupiter. But Mars was a... Whoa, whoa, whoa. we got Mars. It was, thought, it was tracking Saturn that we had issues doing. We saw the rings, I thought. I definitely remember seeing rings. I thought it was Mars that we couldn't see. I don't remember. I mean, see, if, you could, if you could track all this stuff, you'd probably be a part of NASA by now. Exactly. But like, I can barely use a backyard telescope. So the fact that this kid was able to use super technologically advanced telescopes or satellite imagery to find these, this new planet is incredible. My only, if I had to volley a conspiracy theory out here, this is my conspiracy theory. So in the same year that Rise yeah. of Skywalker comes out, and Baby oh, Yoda gosh. takes over the world, which P.S. Baby Yoda is going to be a Build-A-Bear. So there's that. And shout out to my friend Waffles for giving me that tip off. Um, is it that much of a coincidence that a planet that is like Tatooine with orbiting two suns was suddenly discovered? Coincidence? I think not. I don't, I don't I don't know to what extent the planet is like Tatooine other than the fact that it's orbiting two suns. And granted, that's, that honestly, is a, that's that is all a big I've got, detail. But um, I, so I think in, like to respond to your meet in the middle theory, like I think a very uh, logical middle meeting point would be this kid is legitimately a genius. He found this planet and he went to his supervisor and said, I found this planet. And this supervisor was like, this is a golden opportunity for us to, like you said, tactic, like drum up a lot of great publicity. Cause otherwise, I mean, what, what supervisor wouldn't try to take credit for that? That's the other thing is like, Let's say you had an intern and he found a planet. You'd be like, this is, looks like a promotion for me if I can just say that I did this. Which probably happens a lot in like corporate America, at least. I don't know. There's a lot of questions here. We don't have a lot of the details. Uh, and so we are formally inviting Wolf Kukier to come on the show uh, in a guest spot. And, you know, maybe pr- correct me on the pronunciation of his name at the very least. But also try to like clear his name and like give, give more uh, in depth and like tell the story of how he found this planet. So if he's listening, uh, you know what to do. Wolf. Wolf. Also great oh. first name. Yeah. Uh, do you think he joined NASA so he could howl at the moon? That is incredible. I did not put that together, but I hope so. I hope. Okay. So listeners, now we really want to know his backstory. So I think we all need to just like contact him on Twitter and try to petition him to come on the online warriors so we can hear if he really did join nasa so that he can howl love, at the moon i would love to talk to this kid if only if only to ask him how he did it so i can try to do it i'm at least 10 years older than him and and guess what i haven't found i've found zero planets i haven't even found any moons or planetoids what am i doing anyways shout out to wolf shout out to nasa uh, pretty cool story we are going to take a short break uh to shout out some of our friends but before we do that i also want to shout out our very good friend mr ben checkness uh ben has been supporting us on patreon now for a good many months uh, at our highest level which is the night level and that gets him access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog and it also gets him a producer credit on every episode uh a shout out like this one and input into our game segment uh at the end of every show and he will also be uh 
presumably coming on for another guest spot fairly soon uh as that's a periodic opportunity as well uh you want to be like ben Uh, let me just put it that way but if um if you don't want to support us at the highest level you can also support us at the squire level which is our second level of support and that gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and you can also uh support us at our lowest page level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment so uh if you're interested in checking that out um if you like what you're listening to um we like talking to you uh so we really appreciate it if you would go over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast and consider supporting what we do with that said let's shout out some of our friends and we'll be right back i'm harrison i'm jordan well i'm harrison i'm fucking jordan all right and we're the Grief Rio Podcast. Let us be your unnatural Sherpa guides on this existential plane of mountainous game and movie exploration. And don't forget about that spookiness that lives within us all. But mainly in you, you spooky bitch. How damn offended. We've been voted the best podcast to listen to by many. By many? That means a few. That's more than one. Results may vary. We'll see you on the next episode of Grief Burrito. Yeah! Yeah! We're back. Uh after those friendly messages to talk to you about doom eternal so uh the latest doom eternal trailer uh just came out about eight hours ago as we're recording this so it would have been tuesday the 14th um features a lot of gameplay um a lot of well uh, but before i get into i have a gripe with this trailer um i will say i want to finish playing the original doom which i have and i've never finished and i want to get this game and play it for sure but I have a gripe. But first, I'll let you guys kind of summarize your thoughts on on what it showed us. So, first of all, like the Blast Doom game, this game looks super fast, super fun. Um, from this trailer, it looks like it's setting up a lot more plot and lore than previous Doom games. And this I know my, you're getting to my complaint. So, I know a lot of people aren't coming to Doom looking for that. People are looking for that fast-paced action, but I personally am totally here for it. I think the world of Doom is relatively untapped. I know we have a lot of, I think they've made like a movie. They're getting ready to make a TV show about it. There's a little bit of like, yeah, actually. So when I was a kid, I, I don't know when this movie came out. I don't think I was that much of a kid, but when the movie did come out, like maybe I just had poor taste in movies or maybe it was just on HBO all the time, but I must have watched, I did. I watched it so often. And I think 2005. Okay. So I wasn't really a kid. I was like, I was going to say you were like, I was old enough to know better. I was definitely old enough to know better, but I watched this movie a ton of times. And I think the world of doom, is super interesting. So I'm totally here for a story. I know a lot of people probably won't be, they'll probably complain that it's going to slow the entire action down, but I thought it looked cool. The gameplay was super hectic and obviously looked really smooth and polished, regardless of how fast and frenetic it was. And the one thing that really stood out to me from the gameplay was the new glowy light sword, which was insanely awesome. I'm totally here for it. It's a new weapon. I don't remember there ever being a sword in Doom. It's usually like gunplay. I don't think so. And watching him slice that one demon in like three thirds, I guess, was just awesome. I'm super excited and pumped to try the sword. Tactic. So I agree that I'm that I am also here for the story aspect of it in a in a world that is absolutely saturated with online multiplayer, you know, shooter, Call of Duty, Fortnite, need I go on type games. This to get not only a fast paced story game, but get one that 
will give you nightmares is refreshing. And I, I'm absolutely excited for it. So can I, I'm going to provide the counterpoint. So, so as far as I know, and I, I want to preface all of this by saying that I am not a doom like archivist. I'm not, I'm not an expert. Um, one thing I do know a little bit about is doom guy. Uh, and doom guy is of course the main character, um, in pretty much all the doom games. And I don't think we've ever seen his face until now. And that you know was what? a little weird. I think that's great. I, 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 yeah, like I, I did not want to see his face. I don't think anyone was asking to see his face. It's almost like a Master Chief situation. I don't know if we've seen Master Chief's face. I mean, he looks like Master Chief, but like, I don't need to see his face. And on top of that, I think I, I, I have a lot of concerns that the plot, adding a plot to Doom, is going to bog down what it, what it primarily is. And I hear you when you say there are a lot of mindless multiplayer games out there, but the doom single player experience was great. And I, and I, I've found it to be especially great for times when I want to play a video game, but I want to really turn my brain off. Um, and I, I'm not a big multiplayer guy in, in, in any sense. And doom provides a single player experience that is just, you go around, you shoot stuff, you melee stuff. It's very visceral. You have this hard rock dur, 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 going on in the background and you're just, you're hitting stuff. Um, good for anger management good for whatever you want it to be good for um if you add story to that first of all i'm curious how they're going to keep the pace that they've maintained with these games while also involving story i could Um, see it being like one of the linear games and experiences that we had so if you go back to last generation of games like on the 360 and the ps3 a lot of games were very like mindless action and then they were just mindless action interrupted by cutscenes that you could skip where characters pontificated and it would give you snippets of story, but then you basically just went back to killing things. And I could see them doing something like that, especially since Doom is such like a a retro classic game to begin with. I could see them pulling something like that off. I do agree with you about seeing Doom Guy's face. I think one of the things that Doom has always succeeded in is like you don't really know who Doom Guy is, so it's super easy to just insert yourself and not You're think you, about yeah. it. Like you just become Doom Guy. You're just taking down demons. And I think if you have a big story, one of the things that they might have to do is give the character a voice. And since they've already given him a face, I feel like that does take something away from the character because now you're no longer immersed in this first person action. You're playing as a character. And and in Doom 2016 specifically, you know, I remember the beginning sequence of it very well. And I feel like they go to great lengths and great pains to really emphasize that idea that, okay, this is you. Like you're picking up this helmet and you're putting it on and just imagine that it's you. And See, I, I, to, to, to me, Doom, it is it, currently, I, you've said there are games like it, there have been games like it in the past. I don't think there's any game right now like Doom 2016. Like I think it I, it occupied a very specific niche, but it sounds like Tectic, you, you have something you want to add. See, what I think is going to happen is once you add the plot line and the face and the voice is it's going to feel a lot like Gears where you have that gory, action-packed combat, but then you cut scene storyline. So I think people's <clears throat> So I think people will see a lot of parallels there, but I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to take away from it. it. It won't be it won't be bad, but but uh, like I think I think you, you like I think you said that it would become Gears in a way that you meant as a compliment, but to me that's just saying we're going to take the originality that this game has and we're going to water it down to make it like everything else. I think, and I don't know who's asking for that. 
If they can find a good balance, maybe it will work. That's going to be the main key thing here because, like you said, it does fill a niche that doesn't really exist in video games right now. You don't have that mindless experience in your AAA titles. I'm sure there's indie games galore out there that's 100% what you're looking for. But in terms of that AAA polish, I think this is probably one of the only franchises still out there where it's just like crazy action that's mindless that you don't have to think about. And I think if they have some balance maybe it'll work out i don't think they'll be able to please everybody i wonder uh, i mean a good design decision in my opinion would be for them to be able to disable story mode like if you can just yeah. turn off all cutscenes and blast through the game like you typically would in other Definitely. dooms then if they have enable that option where you can turn that on and off so like someone like me if i, I do want to get the story then i'm happy but you are also happy because then you can just blast through it without worrying about it yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to think that, and, and maybe this is a gross generalization, but I have to think that if you take a cross-section of fans of Doom 2016, the percentage of them who wanted more story, 10%, 20%, like, like I, I see the, the move to a more a more complex story mode as Bethesda trying to draw more people, which is which is fair, but it's not, I don't think it appeals to the core fans of the game the past game and of the franchise it I is think curious if- because like like you said like i don't think they needed to do this i think anybody like people are so hyped about doom 2016 that exactly. i don't think that they needed to do anything really except make more of it exactly i, I mean i i think by involving a story that appears to take place on earth which the uh, doom 2016 did not i think you're trying to get people who aren't as familiar with the franchise invested which is a fair move but to me I think you there's uh, like you said there's potential for them to do it the right way that's for sure it could be an amazing game the visuals look amazing the melees the new melees look amazing the combat still looks as good as ever um they're gonna have to establish a balance or like you said involve a way of turning story mode off which should be a possibility um I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't think there's a release date on this game yet. I, there might have been one in the trailer. I don't see one when I, I believe just Google the game. It is. So they had originally postponed it, I believe, to March of this year. I could be wrong. It's either March or May. It's an M month. Um, it's March. Yes. So I believe it's still coming out in March 2020. March tw- okay, yeah. March 20th, 2020 is when it's due out. Um, th- this one's on my list for sure. Uh, if only because... I mean, and yeah, I do need to finish Doom 2016. Um, I really, really liked Doom 2016. Uh, even though I didn't finish it, I really, really liked it. So I mean, you liked it so much, you got it again in VR. That's true. And uh, I have to add, the VR version of that game is like impossible. It is so hard. It's super fun and really like top notch. But is it impossible from like difficulty level or just like nauseating? Uh, most you would have a problem with the with the nauseatingness. But okay, I I, I don't struggle with the nauseating factor. I more struggle. It is legitimately difficult and if you look up you know to kind of back up to like to back up a little bit and to make not make it seem like i'm a crappy video game player if you look up reviews a lot of the reviews say that it is it is quite challenging um so i guess know that going in if you're thinking about getting doom vr uh but yeah doom eternal comes out march 20th 2020 uh it's sure to be a big one regardless of what they wind up doing with the story um looks like it's going to include uh, enough of that trademark combat to get a lot of the people that that bought doom 2016 and made that a very commercially successful game so that will be something um 
to, to stay in video games and to transition to the next part of our show, which is, uh, what are you up to Wednesday? Of course. Um, I'm going to talk about my experience with control thus far. Uh, I've been playing this pretty heavily actually for the past, I think now it would be a week and a half or, or two weeks. Um, it's guys, it's, it's great. And, and I believe when we had, uh, our friend Ben on the show a little while back, he talked about how great it was and he might've even said it was his game of the year. Um, it's very, very good from, from, from a gameplay standpoint, especially the story is not anything special so far. It's actually kind of convoluted and, um, you know, it, it's, the story isn't engaging me as much as I thought it would, but the gameplay is, um, I'm a big fan of it. I've been talking back and forth. Uh, shout out to Stephen Keller. Who's, who's one of our, one of our followers on Twitter. I've been talking to him and we've kind of been going back and forth as we both kind of progress through the game together. Um, you know, you're, you're basically this person who, um, you know, it's a, it's a third person shooter, of course, but you also kind of get these powers throughout. You get telekinesis and you get the ability to hypnotize people and, uh, levitate eventually. Um, and it's just super, super, super fun. It's a great single player experience, uh, fantastically rendered environments. Um, great combat i'm i'm really really liking it so far where would you rank this game because i know you also played quantum break which was another game by remedy better definitely better uh quantum break so i think quantum break the the problem with quantum break is that i rented it and i had to return it (laughs) um i think i I don't want to say quantum break was bad because it wasn't bad it was in actuality in actuality quite good um i think the combat in this game is better and more satisfying and um i don't remember what the skill tree was there a skill tree in quantum break i don't remember i think you got more skills as the game progressed but i don't remember if you chose the skills or if they just unlocked as the story went along you you you, the way control works you unlock skills but you can upgrade them using ability points it's a skill tree very similar to like spider-man or or the arkham games um it's exactly my kind of like dabbling in rpg but not quite getting there mechanic it's exactly the right weight for me um so i'm really digging that the thing i remember most about quantum break is kind of like the tv episodes that they would pair with the game Mm -hmm. which was not bad but it was a lot and i thought it was secondary to the game experience uh control is very very focused obviously on the in-game experience and uh, my least favorite part of it actually is the cutscenes because I want to just get back to playing the game, which I don't really know what that says about the quality of the game. I mean, or the, or the quality of the story. It more just says the quality of the game is itself is, is super high while you're playing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the meat of my update. Uh, I saw Ed Astra and it wasn't very good. I feel like I should say that too, but I will swing it over to the nerd bomber. Um, so one of the things that I finally got a chance to start watching is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I know the show has been on for oh, yes. like, what, I think it's going into its seventh season now. I um, love Brooklyn Nine-Nine so much. I'm so happy right now. I, so I actually wanted to watch the show and Tectic and I were planning on watching the show, but he had this false notion that I would not like the show because I'm not a huge fan of the Lonely Island just like there's i'm on a boat was funny but sure some of it just gets a little bit too much and so i guess he thought because i didn't really like the lonely island that i wouldn't like andy sandberg's humor enough because he is one of the producers of the show and obviously the main star of the show and to me i was super excited about it because it basically looks like the office or parks and rec just set in a police office and 
to right now I'm having a great time. I think we're halfway through season two and I love all the characters. It's one of the funniest shows that I've seen in a while. We've watched a lot of sitcoms lately and I think this one's definitely rising to the top of the pile. It's like up there in the echelons of the office and parks and rec, like I mentioned before. And for sure. My favorite character so far, and I don't know if this will change, but I freaking love Captain Holt. His sense of yeah, humor Captain Holt is great. That yeah. deadpanness, oh my god, I love it. I crack up every time whenever he says something and he's like, this was a joke, but he says it in that deadpan. I just die inside laughing. It's Andre so Brower, uh, Andre Brower, who plays Captain Holt. Like, I don't know if he, I don't think he's won an Emmy. He deserves all the awards. It is like, it is such a good performance. I, I, I think my favorite character in the show, I think Captain Holt is probably the single funniest character. My favorite character is definitely, uh, definitely Terry. I think Terry, he is is just, I just, he's so great. Terry Crews is amazing. And just like what he brings to the character and like all the third person talking to himself stuff is just how much he loves yogurt. It's all, it's amazing. That show is great. I'm so happy for both of you. Like I said, I couldn't be more excited. Tectic did. He started watching it without me, but he had to rewatch, I think the first half of season one. And now we're rolling in new territory that he hasn't seen yet. So I'm super pumped. Yeah, By the I, way, my favorite is, character is Rosa. Just saying. That's that's a great answer. There's no wrong answers in that show. Um, I want updates from you both about about where you are in the show because there are certain moments that I can't spoil, but are, are just so funny. And m- I will say most of them involve Captain Holt, uh, just because of how great a character he is. But so good. Yeah. Um. Happy watching to to the both of you. Okay. So I have two major updates. I'm going to start with dusting off ye old Rocket League. So it has been oh many goodness. moons since Nerd Bomber and I have played that game, and it was back when they had crates. So in a previous podcast, we had talked about how they're changing their currency and they're moving to something that's less gambly. Well, we've we've experienced this. Yeah, blueprints. It is it is now blueprints, and you don't inter- sound thrilled. Well, what's interesting about it is if you had crates. You can turn them all into blueprints, which is basically it'll unveil each and every crate of what you would have won had you paid for the key to open it up. But now you have to pay for the exact value of whatever it is you open up after you open it. So What's if you the point of opening it then to pay, it's, it's basically now you can go to a store more or less. You see what you want and if you really want it bad enough, you buy it. Well, it's yeah, like it's a, it's it like a conversion worse. factor. So the blueprints are now what they're giving out in place of crates. And so if you had crates in the past, now you're just getting these blueprints, which is what you would have gotten in the crate. But now you're basically I just see. getting you're getting the opportunity to buy something by chance. And now you'll you'll buy it only if you really want it. It won't be a random. So you'll see something, you'll understand what the value is and you go, yep, that's what I want. That's what I'm willing to pay. So before it was like a dollar per key and you can get something worth nothing or something worth a lot, but you're only paying a dollar per crate that you're opening. So Whereas, in other words, it, it takes the gambling aspect out of it completely, which is probably what they were aiming to do. Right. So now you can either pay a dollar and get like a regular rare thing, or you can pay $20 and get a black market thing. And... I was really is it, excited. Is it literally called black market? Yes. Like, did they call it that? I yeah, was really like... excited when I when I did this crate conversion to blueprints and I opened it and I got a black market thing and I was like, sweet, what is it to pay? And then when I when I went into the shop and saw that it was twenty dollars, I was instantly 
discouraged and said to myself, I am never spending more than this game cost me, which was free. So (laughs) (laughs) So that very quickly ended there and kind of left me with like a disappointment. I liked the gambling aspect and it never really felt like I was, you know, hitting my wallet hard, even though in reality I was taking a lot of single dollar purchases, which basically summed up to $20, but it didn't feel bad. And now I feel bad about making these purchases and it didn't really bring me enjoyment. I will say describing why gambling works, by the way. Yes. (laughs) That was basically what you just said. But anyways, nerd bomber. So I think I've waxed poetic about the rocket league black market more times than I'd care to admit on the show. And I will say I'm kind of torn on this. So first of all, I do like that you see what you're getting and you don't waste money on things that are just crap. That said, $20 for a black market decal does hurt when you were only previously spending one for a chance at one. However, I did some research into what the actual value of these black market decals went for on the actual, like, quote unquote, black market. Because you can trade with people and buy things with real money on apps. Right. And so the the one decal that Tactic got a chance to buy was the Fire God decal. And that thing could go for like $50. So if you spent $20 on it, it through their store, I mean, technically you're just giving the developers money instead of Joe Schmo who spent like 200 hours farming for this decal. So well, yeah, and it's, it's all more reasonable, but and it's 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 probably carefully calculated, right? Where they they set the black market key value to be $20 because they know that if you were just doing the dollar way before and getting a chance at it, it would take you X amount of dollars um probability wise to get something like this so um, you know i'm sure they did, did the math on it either only, in your favor or not the unfortunate part is that it does kind of gatekeep people from being able to get cool stuff because you used to be able to have a chance at that one dollar you could get a really nice thing and now unless you're willing right. to pony up 20 there's no chance you're going to ever get that nice decal or that new car body that you really That's want a fair point so, so so now to even larger an extent than before those things are like legitimately status symbols on that game. Mm-hmm. Well, with that being said, I might I might reconsider. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, <laughs> I I agree. I generally agree that like, I, I, so the gambling thing is obviously bad and harmful for various reasons that have been documented over the past couple of years. But I almost think that creating status symbols like that is like in a way worse. But I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not familiar enough with the Rocket League economy to... It used to be cool. Now it's not so cool anymore. <laughs> well, summary. I, yeah, there, there you have I it. Was, I I, you guys know. It was like, it was an addiction at one point. You were it in wasn't, deep, yeah. It wasn't so much me buying keys and playing with chance. Like, I was collecting crates and then selling crates so that I could buy the stuff that I really wanted and I didn't sink any money into it. It was just a lot of, like, wheeling and dealing on the internet, which was crazy and took a lot of my time like there were days when i would literally run in the house and i would tell tactic you need to get off the tv i need to turn on the xbox because i have a guy from england and he wants to trade me but he has to go to sleep so i have like five minutes to do this good lord and it was it was getting kind of crazy so i don't know it was a little bit more interesting then but i guess in a way it puts more of the focus back on the game and it was a little bit less stressful i noticed so when we used to play um, we would play to try to get crates and stuff. And the more games that you win, the more chances you have to get a crate. And now without that, I felt like it was just more casual and we did have a little bit more fun actually playing the game instead of trying to like get stuff. So that was cool, at least. How many times 
ballpark do you think you've talked about rocket league on this podcast because it's like it's double digits at this point oh it's right? gotta be easily it's, it's, it's a timeless game for sure if you go it's almost embarrassing to see how many hours i've sunk into rocket league like it's bad do you have a number that you're willing to share at the last count which was about this time last year i think i was at like 185 hours that i'd played oh, That's, i was expecting you to say like a thousand hours you're fine it, i mean it's still a lot though it's it's i mean yeah what's that like a week week worth of time mm-hmm that's not bad. So the other update that I have is Nerd Bomber and I watched Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, and yes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 75%. And I would have to say, I recommend it. And I would I would bump it up to probably an 80 or an 85% because the whole movie was really engaging. There was a couple parts that made me feel uncomfortable, but it was intended to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. Specifically, um, Chris Hemingsworth. His Hemsworth, Hem, yeah, Hemsworth. His <laughs> his character was was very very. Um, Dahmer is the where I'm Char- like, Charles Manson. Thank you, Charles Mansonworth, yeah. and very culty and made you feel uncomfortable. And he nailed it, which made it good, but it also put a kind of an eerie twist on it, just because it's, how how much there are parallels there. It's a really good movie. Um, it is. The, the, the kind of like hodgepodge of characters that you get that are all, you know, the idea being that they're all converging on this, on this hotel at this given time where something's about to happen. Like it's, it's, it, it has a very nostalgic feel to it and uh, it's overall well executed and well acted. Uh, I, I watched it back when it originally came out. I was a big fan of it. Yeah. I will say based on the trailer, I guess I expected something a little bit different. And what I got in the actual movie itself, I was super happy with because I don't know, something about the trailer was just a little bit off putting, which is, I guess, why we waited so long to watch it, because I was just like, eh, I'm not really feeling this. But the right. movie itself, like, I think I, I wasn't on the edge of my seat, but I was totally engrossed the entire time. There's By only the way, so much. These, yeah. Bellboy, favorite character. Just saying. Well, and that, that's a perfect example of what I'm about to say, which is that there is only so much that a tr- the trailer for that movie can hint at what each character's backstory is so like the driving v- the driving force of this movie is that all these characters show up and they all have like some kind of dark secret right and you spend the movie finding out uh what those secrets are and in the case of the bellboy you don't really find out a whole lot about it until like the last 20 minutes and it turns out to be this like i know spoilers but a, a very pivotal thing so um yeah it's a great movie um well written uh really really fun it was i think it came out in august originally uh of like last year uh last year and by that i mean 20 2018 um and it was a really fun summer movie i remember that really good popcorn movie so speaking of popcorn movies oh yes we should do an update on the fantasy movie league congrats this week to our good friend florida hawk who has been playing uh in the league for quite a while um logged a first place this week with just around 68 million barely edging out tactic at number two with 66 uh nerd bomber at number three also with just a little bit under 66 uh i managed number four this week because i actually set a lineup and i wound up at 61 mecha yoda at 61 as well uh our good friend ben at 60 
the hipster pop geek at 50 devin reed at 31.5 secret asian man at 31 and a half as well and then you start getting basically empty cineplexes looking at the overall uh for this season which is now about to enter week three uh tactic still at number one uh, with 171 million on the season florida hawk just behind with 166 nerd bomber with 165 mecca yoda with 163 hipster pop geek with 153 our good friend ben at 133 devin reed at 126 secret asian man at 115 and i am at 90 because i'm trying to make up uh lost ground from not submitting the first week and spitfire uh rounding out the top 10 at around 25 million so if you want to get in on this action pick some box offices um see how you stack up with the rest of them uh you can head on over to fantasymovieleague.com and look up the league online warriors podcast it's a locked league but the password to get in is podcast all lowercase so um yeah uh get in get in while you can uh beat me it's not that hard and um yeah let's uh let's play a game what do you say all right so this week i have an interesting game for you guys um this quiz topic is based on soap so i'm gonna switch things up a little bit and i'm going to do kind of like a traditional trivia style and i'm going to give you guys multiple choice questions and whoever answers correctly first is going to get a point. Oh, wow. So kind of like a buzz in. So kind of like a buzz in. Okay. The caveat here is that if you answer incorrectly, you will lose a point. Oh, my goodness. So you have to battle speed, but also be correct. Classic risk-reward situation. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, Also, this quiz has been brought to you by the National Soap Board. Can we go Maybe not even a thing. Uh, Come on yes yeah otherwise he's gonna go come hot out of the gate I, that's I know true yeah you can go negative that's a good idea okay so nice, nice try tactic what are one of the two main ingredients needed to make soap lie I didn't even give you a multiple choice but you did get that right so so that so that counts i was waiting for the choices all right, I, I accept the outcome. Okay, if you maybe we'll add a new point rule here. So if you get it, if you just shout it out before the multiple choice, you get it right. I mean that's that's a fine rule. Hey, that's a risk versus reward, right? I don't even know yeah. what the answers I, are. I have to give you credit. You took a risk and it paid off. So so g- give that man his point. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, so the next question here is: What is the process of soap making called? And the four options that I have for you are soapification saponification sterilization or salification saponification it is saponification so now the game is all tied up you each have a point this is this is intense and i I do have to i have 10 questions overall i figured i would ask seven and leave the last three in case we get into a a tiebreaker situation um, and I do have to give props to Pro Profs Quizzes because that is where I'm getting this quiz from because I ran out of time. So fully admitting that. Sorry. Um, which company became the first major soap company in America? Dial. You are incorrect. So, so, now, now, so now I can listen to all the responses and he can't answer, right? Exactly. Oh, heck yes. Okay, bring him on. So we have Colgate, Procter & Gamble, 
The Body Shop, or The American Soap Company, and also Tectic lost a point for answering incorrectly. I... Oh, boy. So if I answer incorrectly, I also lose a point, right? This is true. You can also choose to pass, I suppose. That's BS. I'm, you know what? I'm not. I'm, I don't pass. Court illegal doesn't pass. Uh, I'm going to say Procter & Gamble. Okay, so you're actually incorrect. It is Colgate & Company. So we're Colgate? back to a tie game. You each have no points. This is like a fresh slate here. They, they switched to toothpaste after making soap? Unbelievable. Okay. All right, this, this game's hard, but let, let's continue. So this one has two processes in the name. What are the two main processes that soap can be made? Option one, hot and warm process. Option two, stirred and shaken process. Option three, boiled and freeze process. Or option four, hot and cold process. I'm going to say hot and warm. That is incorrect. So now you have a negative God. point. Tactic, do you have an answer for us? Can you repeat the answers? Okay, so the remaining ones are stirred and shaken, boiled and freeze, or hot and cold? Hot and cold. That is correct. So now God we have a big it. differential here where Tectic has one and Illegal has negative one. It just means the comeback's going to be amazing. Okay, so the next question is, which foam form of soap is more environmentally friendly? I have three options for you guys. First one is bar soap. The second is liquid soap. And the third liquid. is both. Liquid liquid tactic do you have an answer because that was incorrect again so illegal is down to negative two bar I hate this game you are correct because <laughs> yeah they can't both yeah they i guess can't you, both be dang it dang by it. default you get that so now it is two to negative two it's so. a million to Dude, zero you have to think about the container okay i was th- i was thinking th- sometimes bar soap has those microbeads in it i know that's really bad for the environment well, there's you. You haven't seen those ads for environmentally friendly soap where the dispensers shave it off instead of pumping. I have I not. I have not. Let, let's just let's if you continue. like the hand pump, folks. There are bar soap that they shave it off so that you can be environmentally friendly and be clean. I have seen I mean, like ASMR videos where like people are cutting soap. No. So at this point, I basically have to f- start firing from the hip as if I wasn't doing that before, but I'm, I'm going to be really, really swinging here. So let, let's just continue. Okay. Washing with soap reduces the incidence of diarrhea risk by 47. I don't know what this question means. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hear the rest of it. So let's, it reduces the diarrhea risk by a certain percentage, it sounds like. Let's yeah. hear the options. 47%. 24%, 42%, or 25%? It's 42 for sure. Okay, that is incorrect. Can you let me answer <laughs> first? <laughs> yeah. I can at least so, remove an option for you. You're no, down to negative three. So. I, don't, I, I, don't go, I don't go last. I always go first. Can you re- repeat the answers? 47, 24, or 25%? It's obvi 24 Okay, that is incorrect too. So the answer 47? is 47. Dang. I'm not sure. I really have That's no so idea close. what this even means, but apparently it reduces the the incidence of diarrhea risk. In, in, <laughs> it probably oh. kills E. coli bacteria. That, the that incidence could be. of diarrhea risk. That's interesting. Interesting phrasing to that question. Uh, we learned something today. So what's the score? Negative four, negative or negative it, four, two? Yes, I believe so. All right, it's fine. 
It's fine. Okay, so the final question, we won't have to get into the tiebreakers because there's no possible way a legal can win this, let but we're going to finish first. out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, tactic, I'll let you guess first. How about that? So the world produces this amount of soap in pounds every year. One billion, one trillion, a hundred trillion. A hundred trillion pounds. Oh, I'm sorry. I left out one. Sorry. Oh, I messed this one up. Oh, well. That was the answer. It was a sabotage. <laughs> it w- was the answer the one that you left out? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> okay, so let, let's, uh, let's do another question because we can't end it like that. Okay. Have you ever hosted a, a quiz before? I have. I just I messed up, man. Hey, guys, what's a quiz? <laughs> she, 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 was really th- she was really thrown by that diarrhea question. I really like. was. I really was. Okay. Can liquid soap dispensers contain harmful bacteria? Yes, no, or maybe. Yes. Okay, tactic is correct. The answer Dang is it. yes. I was going to say no, obviously. Um, all right. Well, I, I, you know, I accept the loss. That was one of the more resounding losses in Fun. Uh, online warriors quiz history. Fun fact about tactic: he grew up on the bar soap. We didn't have no hand pumps in my day. Tactic lives for soap, um, and Nerd Bomber lives for for toilet humor. We love toilet humor here. At I online literally, warriors. I almost couldn't finish the question. I really, I, I was like cracking up over here. Sorry, guys. Um, so, uh, so Tactic will host next week's quiz because I clearly did not even come close to measuring up to his soap knowledge. Let me uh, know. Be, I've actually guys... made my own soap before. Really? Yeah. Interesting. As <laughs> yeah, what, the what? listeners, just let me know if you like this new format. I think we're going to try to mix things up a little bit as the topics come. I feel like the lie detector is a lot of fun, but when you get into some of the topics, it becomes very difficult to do. And then it limits what kind of topics we can cover on our quiz. Well, so lie detector though would have been a great because it, it's like it's a pun, right? Because soap because of the lie. Oh, that's that's a good one. A, oh, a missed oppor- I missed opportunity. Um, yeah. So, so also let us know in the comments. Wait, we don't have comments. Let us know on Twitter or wherever you can get a hold of us. The social uh, meads. The social meads. If if you're a bar soap person or a liquid soap person, um, and our Twitter handles are at OWLegal86, at OWNerdBomber, and at OWTechnic. And there's also the at OnlineWarriors1 main account for the show. We'd love to hear from you. We would also love to hear from you uh, uh, over on Apple Podcasts. Go over there, leave us a review. Tell us, uh, talk to us about soap or about uh, Morbius or just about the show. Who, who really cares? We'd just love to hear from you. Um, and uh, we, we appreciate you all so much. And we thank you again for listening. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to do better in the quiz next week, but for now I'm just gonna go go sulk. So uh have a great week. Goodbye. Bye.